Hello. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs>
then you have to um, get every bandage, uh, which also unlocks every character. So I'm assuming that's everything right. you have to do to 100%. Right. Because that would be 100%. <laughs> I haven't even gotten past World 4 yet. I think uh, the last time the last time you saw me play it... Um, no, I, I, I got farther than when you saw me play it at PAX East uh, because the, the, the save file did, didn't sync up through Steam or whatever, so I, I, I went back a, a couple of levels. But I'm, I think... What was the boss of World 4? Uh, that World 4 is Hell, so the boss is the big, like, uh, Hell meat boy guy. Who, like, who slams his fist into the ground. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, I, I, I got that guy. Uh, I, I beat him, and then... Okay, so I did beat World 4, and I guess I'm on World 5 now. Rapture! Um, is that what it is? How, uh, how hard is that one compared to World 4? Rapture is, I don't know, pretty difficult. I mean... There's there's certain stages like there's some stages in World Four that I thought were fucking crazy, but then there's definitely some in World Five, and then there's like a Dark World in specific in World Five that's pretty fucking hard. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean each each section except for like obviously the first one, each one has its own really fucked up stages that are just seem almost impossible. And then of right. course like everything in the bonus world, which you is, haven't gotten to just, yet. Yeah, no. The uh, you, bonus world is a minus world or bonus world. Bonus worlds like? in the it's okay. The eight the eight bit ones. No 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 no. Once oh, you okay. get past world five, there's a small five world level, which is kind of the end of the storyline, and then there's a oh. bonus extra twenty worlds after that, like okay. a twenty level world after that. Um, it's just nuts. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, so yeah, uh, it's fine. It's but yeah, as soon as you nuts. start it, you're like, oh my fucking god, no way. And then, right. like, it's one of those things that after I kept plugging away at the light world, light world levels uh, in that actually were like, oh, these aren't so bad. And then you get to the dark one, and it's like, no fucking way. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's not so, oh, God, why? Um, so I, I still need to catch up on that. Uh, what else have you been playing before you get to what you've been watching? Cause you really, the only thing I played this lot. week uh, really was Rock Band. Um, just, you know, throwing it in a couple times and singing some songs. Uh, yeah. No, nothing super well, important there. While drinking Red Bull and Jaeger the entire time. No, I don't do that while playing Rock Band. Oh, if I had beer, the... I would drink beer while playing Rock Band, but I don't drink the Red Bull and Jaeger. Wouldn't that Wouldn't that make it exciting though? I no, can, I, 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 I can sip, imagine Pete. I sit my up Red, on Red Bull and Jaeger like a gentleman while I'm watching a movie. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think about how the Red Bull would influence your songing. Oh, really bad. I mean, if I was doing actual Jaeger, <laughs> I, I probably would play Rock Band and do Jaeger Bombs if I had other people here. I'm not going to do that right. by myself, although I probably have before, so I can't really do <laughs> um, Anyway, let's talk about more important stuff, because this stuff is wasting time. I got pack stuff to talk about. You're wasting time by talking about nothing and stuff, but you You're need to You're asking me about nothing I've been playing this week. You know I played nothing this week. I don't play I video didn't games didn't know anymore. that. I didn't. Oh, you don't? So what are you doing here? I don't know. Hi. Hi. What What did you watch, at least? Just tell me that. You don't okay, have to talk well, about it. I watched, like, six movies over the past two days. All um, Netflix? Yeah, of or course. All Netflix. Oh, no, no, that's not true. One of them was You actually DVD. went out and saw something, right? Or is that was that two weeks ago? Oh, I did that, too. Yeah. Jesus. I saw a lot of movies this week. Was it um, in the Adjustment Bureau or something? No, that was two weeks ago or whatever. Uh, this week, I saw. I went out and saw Paul. Um, because I was supposed to go see Source Code as a sneak preview and got there too late, so the theater filled up, and then I wound up just paying to go see Paul, which is, for those who don't know, it's the new um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost movie, the guys who did, you know, Shaun of the Dead and uh, Hot Fuzz. And probably, oh, right, I think, right. I think, I don't know if they wrote Run Fat Boy Run. That may have been Simon Pegg who wrote that. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, 
Paul's all right. It's entertaining. Uh, it's cute, but it's definitely not as sharp of writing as their other two movies, like that I just named. Um, so yeah, like those movies I thought were very brilliantly written. Like like I said, very sharp. And this is not anywhere near that caliber of writing. But it, it it's cute. But I wouldn't pay to go see it, which I did. But if I had uh, that, I wouldn't. Pay. <laughs> uh, so like, I'm telling I you people, pay- don't pay to go see it. Wait for like a DVD. Right. Um, I wouldn't go pay to see it, even though I did. Oops. Yeah. Uh, other stuff I watched was uh, the town on DVD, which oh uh, nice. I li- it's it's you know it's based about Charlestown, which is right here, uh, like actually yeah. a few blocks from where I live. And after I was watching, I was like, hey, I mean, I should walk down a few blocks and be like, right. I just walked into Charlestown. Um, <laughs> be like, yeah. But it was late I'm at a night townie. And I was lazy, so yeah, I didn't do that. Uh, but that's a really good movie. Um, and I didn't hate Ben Affleck in that. No, I don't hate Ben Affleck in really anything. I, like, I usually I usually get annoyed by him pretty easily somehow. No, I, I mean I can't. Why. I haven't seen any of his movies that are quote unquote bad. Like all the movies I've seen that he's been in, been in were movies that I were was already interested in, and right. I don't mind him as an actor. So oh, it's not um, that he. It's not that his movies are necessarily bad. It's just he annoys me somehow, some reason. I don't uh, know. There's something about him. Yeah, doesn't bother me. Um, he's too and, sexy. Yeah, so what else? I saw that, and then I watched uh, Enter the Void on uh, Netflix Instant Streaming, which is like this indie film from some foreign director-writer guy, and it's actually pretty cool. Uh, It has a lot to do with about, like, kind of like what happens after you die. Uh, So there's... The the, the main character in it is a drug addict, so there's these, like, silly trip sequences, which are just kind of, like, ridiculous. Um, Like, almost like music visualizer style, like, that kind of ridiculous. Uh, and some of them go on a little bit too long, but once it actually gets into the, like the meat of the story, it doesn't do that as often. And, uh, it actually is an interesting story. So I would highly recommend that. Um, and then I watched after that, uh, oh, Cabin Fever 2. Cabin Fever <laughs> is my favorite <laughs> cheesy horror movie. I oh, love that fucking thing. Um, oh. Cabin Fever 2 doesn't come anywhere up to close to measuring oh. to that caliber. Like, okay, the first one. It was just, like, very focused on this small group of people in this small setting and, like, the the insanity that happens with this disease and stuff that goes on. And, like, uh, it's just, like, really fucked up and funny. Uh, the sequel, they, like, try, I feel like they tried to do too much. The characters weren't as interesting. As interesting and, um, yeah, it just, like, it didn't have the focus. And plus it's by a different writer and director, so it, like, did feel a bit different. Um, I mean, it's still good as far as, like, silly horror stuff goes. Uh but I think I said in a tweet, I'd give that like a three out of five, whereas the original Kevin Fever is five out of five for me. Wow. Um, Callscreen.com. We have a new reviewer. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, and I watched it based on Ryan Davis's recommendation. Um, mm. And I mean, it's not like, again, it's not a bad recommendation. It was definitely a good, Tazwell. lighthearted, like, something to watch that made me laugh after watching, like, a kind of couple, like, not depressing, but more dark, like, darker movies, you know? Right. Um. So yeah, uh, and then last night I wound up watching, uh, let's see, I started with Human Centipede, which I, I did <laughs> actually like. I was, expect- <laughs> I was expecting it to be a lot more, um, I don't know, like indie and crass and like, just like, I expected it to be more like Saw or Hostile or something like that, and oh. it actually wasn't. It was more like a, just a cheesy horror flick, and it, there's definitely some disturbing imagery in it with what happens, but uh like in a way I kind of like found myself more like laughing or giggling at what was going on than actually being disturbed. Um, but I might just be fucked up. So I don't know. I think Uh, you're fucked up. Yeah. Uh, 
it, I don't know. Again, to me, that like I don't, I wouldn't consider that horror. I would consider it kind of like cheesy horror. So like right. I thought, it, I thought it was enjoyable. Uh, You'll love it. <laughs> and then after that, man, talking about so many movies. Uh, I watched District Nine, which I kind of went in depth on Twitter about um, because it like the the director. There was like this whole thing about you know. Uh, there's this short by the director Neil Blomkamp. Blomkamp. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Blomkamp. Okay. So there was a short he made. He actually made a bunch of shorts before he, you know, made District Nine. And one and of them was called. This was this was around the whole like Halo movie thing, right? And he got yeah, all well, wrapped that was up actually, in that shit. This was like yeah, like before yeah. even that stuff happened, he had these shorts out. And one was called Alive in Joburg. Uh-huh. And it's about like the short is like maybe like six, seven minutes long, and it's shot as a documentary, like with the whole kind of story that you see in District Nine, where there's these aliens that came, got stuck on Earth, and are living in this slum type environment, and how like there's these, you know, this tension between them and the humans, and the humans don't want them even on the planet, and these aliens are just trying to like make a life for themselves. Um, and there's like you know like riots and stuff, and like in the in the short, it's shot as like it's a, as if it's a war documentary. Uh, and then with District Nine, you can see that in the beginning of the movie that like I feel like that's what Blomkamp wanted was this like war documentary style movie. And then you know there was this whole stuff about yeah he was supposed to do the Halo movie that didn't happen because of like stuff with Peter Jackson and and the Halo property. And then Peter Jackson came on and then this movie happened. And I feel like Jackson. I this is just my assumption, but I feel like Jackson really influenced Blomkamp into making it more of an action movie. And it definitely is. A, there's a disjoint jointedness or whatever between the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie, uh, where you see it go from this like war documentary, interesting story style stuff to like this heavy action movie. Um, I did enjoy the story and I like enjoyed the action and all that, but I, I it, it kind of disappointed me to think of what that movie could have been had like it like really stretched out what Blomkamp's vision was. Um, again, this is all just assumption on my part. I could be completely wrong about this, but. I'm going on a bet, like you know, an educated guess based on his short. So you're wrong, and you smell like ass. <laughs> Apparently, that's what they say, and you don't know Jack the original. And I wanna, I, I wanna play the original out just to hear that. But I, um, I saw the same thing that you did. I thought that it was appropriate, though, given the guy's, the character's journey, as it were. So I, I, I thought it was fine. Um, I had no problem with that. Um, but uh, what? And, and I've been saving this question. Specifically, because it sounds like it could be video gamey. What is source code? Oh, I don't even remember. I saw a trailer for it, and I know it's got uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in it, but I don't remember what it's actually about. Do they play video games? Do they code video games? Anything? I, I don't remember. Go watch a trailer. That's what I would say. Damn it! Oh, source code has to be about <laughs> games or web design, either or. So then, after District Nine, I threw <sighs> on Land Before Time because I really needed to watch something happy, and I ended up getting too tired during it, so I turned it off. Oh. I watched all three RoboCops over Ooh. last weekend, and like, it's one of those things where you know you. Uh, I it's saw like Robo- watching the Godfather movies. It, you think so? Like, like probably because I mean you go from like you know excellent to slowly. I don't. I don't remember RoboCop three, but I know the second one is definitely not up there. With oh, the first. You, I see what you mean. Uh, yeah, in par- par- uh, rel- relatively, yes, the curve is the same. Yeah. Um, but on an absolute level, no, I won't even say that. The curve is much steeper for RoboCop because it goes from, like, the first, well, well, what I was going to say is, I don't know when you first saw RoboCop. I first saw it when I was, like, I don't know, eight, Yeah, nine. probably about something like that for me. And, like, half of that shit was traumatizing to me. But, like, <laughs> at the same time, you know, what was awesome about the movie was, like, oh, it's a, it's a dude in a robot suit. 
and a big robots and all that shit. And now I'm gonna go play the NES game, and it's a piece of crap because you can't jump. And RoboCop never really jumped that much in the movie anyway, so I don't know what I was pissed off about. But this was me thinking about Mario anyway. So you know, when I went back to it um, a second time, finally, when I was I don't know, like like 17 or so. Um, I was watching it with a friend, and we were talking about it while we were watching it, so I still wasn't 100% like absorbing it, uh, as I should have been at that age. And then, you know, y- you start to hear people like Alex Navarro talk about Paul Verhoeven's like, little things about uh, you know, his-, his little commentary, stuff that I never really bothered to notice. And so when I watched it again this past week, and I'm like, this is, a- this is not just some awesome, cheesy 80s movie. Like, it's actually a, a pretty good film like, if you think about it, as cheesy as it can be. And I was like, wow, this is a lot better than I really remember it, especially now that I'm not too traumatized by it anymore. Um, I was like, let me see how bad RoboCop 2 is. And I put that, I queued that up on Netflix, and, you know, they start talking about how, like, oh, he's, you know, he's trying to find his humanity, and he's trying to find his wife, and, like, they won't let him talk to her and all that shit. And I'm like, oh, that's sad. And I'm like, okay, maybe this isn't as bad as people were making it out to be. And then you get, you saw it, right? Saw what, too? Too, yeah, yeah, like a while, like a like when you were a little tyke. Yeah. Um. Then they get to the whole stupid shit about the cult, and then this like this little kid who's like what ten years old, and he is like the second in command of this cult, and like them making RoboCop some really cheesy like like um instead of like a badass cop, he's like this cheesy guy who tells kids that they shouldn't swear because. Bad language brings bad feelings. I think that's the exact line that he uses. You know, because they repro- <laughs> they reprogrammed him and shit. And then, like, it, that is truly, like, the ch- cheesy, terrible 80s movie, which is really funny because I think it came out in 1990. But, and I'm like, this is, this is like, a disservice to the original one. This is kind of like, um, I, I would say it's the closest, the closest parallel in sci-fi movies is T3 to T2. And I'm trying to think of a video game parallel, and I can't even think of it because you almost all the time sequels get better in video games, or at, at the very least stay the Wait, same. You mean in the fact that T2 was amazing and T3 wasn't, right? Right, and like okay. T T3 kind of really upped the camp factor. Right. Okay. But it was. It like, was I thought you were saying T2 was bad, and I was about to reach through this fucking no, and no. You. I'm going to reach through this microphone and strangle you for thinking that anybody in their right mind would ever say that, even though I'm not in my right mind. Anyway. And then I watched RoboCop 3, and I was like, this is equally as horrible, but it's slightly less offensive because, A, it's going from something that's completely terrible instead of going that's going from something that's completely great, and, B, the special effects look a little bit better. Um, but they used a different actor for RoboCop. It's, like, totally nuts. They, they use a completely different actor with the wrong voice, and he looks kind of the same because they can use makeup and shit, but I'm like, oh, oh, here's the worst part. He puts on a jetpack. And to me, that's kind of like when they put that stupid flood water backpack on Mario for Super Mario Sunshine. And Shigeru Miyamoto was saying, oh, we've devised this great new gameplay element for Mario. It's going to be, like, unique, and you've never seen it before, and it's a fucking water jet pack. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I'll wait for Galaxy. Thanks. And this is before Galaxy came out, so that's not something that I actually said, but... I don't know. I, I I did not like Sunshine, and I don't like RoboCop three, and I don't know how the two meet, but that's how. So, um, so I guess we we both watched a lot of stuff this weekend, yeah. uh, or this or this past week. I I spent most of it reviving my laptop. Really quickly, just want to touch on it. It broke during PAX, so um, I blame PAX for for all my all, all my trials Your and computer tribulations. Got the PAX flu. It got the PAX flu. Yes. Um, Pete was there in my hotel room. 
while we were waiting for when for it mo- happened and you were yeah like, when it happened and fuck? I was I was throwing sh- I was I I wasn't throwing shit I was throwing shit the night before but Austin's I was r- funny when he gets mad yeah I'm I, I I am I am belligerent and I don't like people when I get mad so uh the best thing you can do is take a video of me throwing <laughs> shit but um the so, so public service announcement to all PC gamers out there who are using a laptop and don't know their right hand from their left when it comes to actually fixing their PC. Uh, the first thing you should do when you get your laptop or whatever from a manufacturer because you were too lazy to build your own, even though you can't really build your own laptop these days, is to make a recovery disk. Make it. First thing you do. They should have a factory installed disk. Do it now. If you haven't done it, do it now. Pause it right now. Pete and I will both wait. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to keep talking. So how are you, how you guys doing? I have nothing to actually talk about while you guys are doing this. Um, and it's paused. So it's not like you're hearing any of this. Um. I hope you make a coaster on your CD that you're trying to burn your backup thing to. I don't fucking know. Are you back yet? Can yeah, they're back. Okay, oh, okay you're back. Good, you're back. Okay, great. Uh, hey, so Pete, how was that? How how was that break for you? It was pretty good. Yeah, did you take a dump? No, no. It smells like it. Anyway, so make that shit. Don't make it into a coaster like Pete wants you to. Um, but my hard drive had died, and I was going through the warranty. I knew that it died. I did diagnostics. I did all the stuff that like any any sensible computer owner would do. And I was like, okay, conclusion, I don't have a virus or anything like that. Much to Pete's chagrin, because he wants me to have genital warts um, so that he can laugh at me and tape me on YouTube like being in pain. And I know what's wrong with it. The hard drive is dead, and so I call up, t- not call up, I chat with tech support, because I know that if I call them up, I'll, I'll get really mad and start shouting, and I shouldn't do that. And I was like, look, my hard drive is dead. I know this because I did X, Y, and Z, and I'd like to get a replacement. And like, oh, we, you know how chat support is. It's always like, thank you for contacting us. We understand your issue. Allow us to please try to help you. And I was like, oh, okay. It's like, so we understand that your computer is, is malfunctioning and it's locking up and freezing. And that I, they said that because I said that I knew the hard drive was dead because the computer was freezing and that's why. And I was like, yeah, but I know what the problem is. I just need a replacement hard drive. How do you know that your hard drive's damaged? Well, I did this, this, that, and the other thing, and I ran all these diagnostics. Okay, can you try a system restore? Um, it's not going to work because it would just be restoring the system to a physically damaged hard drive. Yes, but in order for us to take your computer in for repair, we have to make absolutely sure that we run all the possible, possible whatevers to make sure that you know the problem is what it is. And so I just played, I played by the rules, I made the system, I, I did a system recovery off the hard drive, and like, while it was setting up Windows and trying to set up my username, it crashed. And so I came back to them, like, look, I told you, I know what's going on, it's dead, just, I just need a new hard drive. Well, you're gonna have to send your entire laptop in for repair, we can't just send you a new hard drive, so you're gonna want to put it to UPS, you're gonna want to bubble wrap it in five inches of bubble wrap, and... Once the thing gets to us, it'll take about seven to ten days for us to figure out the problem, diagnose it, and repair it, and make sure that everything's clean, and then we'll mail it back to you. And I'm like, okay, they're going to make me pay for the shipping. I'm going to wait for seven to them, seven to ten business days for them to do shit that I know that I can do in like an hour, because I know what's wrong with it. And then I'm going to have to wait three days for my package to get to them. Ha ha ha, I said my package. And then three days for the package to get back to me. So that's a total of what? One, two, three, four, five, six. Sixteen business days for them to sit on their ass and be tech support, and do something that I can do in three hours. And I said, you know what? I'm going to order myself a hard drive for $55 and do this shit myself in three days because I had to work. And I'm not going to pay $35 for shipping because the thing is 15 pounds, and another $10 for bubble wrap because they wanted five inches of bubble wrap around it, otherwise they would assume that I broke it. And I'm just going to do this myself. Like, 
I like if you own a gaming laptop, just keep that in mind. And the only reason why this worked for me is because I had the recovery discs and I was able to like replenish all the all the system shit that they that the laptop came with. Uh, and I'm actually I'm actually recording the podcast on the laptop right now, so that shows you how good I am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Pete, uh, for your sake, don't ever get a laptop. Um, okay, I probably will at some point. But okay. uh, I mean, unless you can, I, I think when the day finally comes where we can build our own laptops, I'd rather just do that because it's like, all right, I know what's wrong with it. I know that I don't have like all the parts that you buy are under the warranty of that part. Like I can't go to Western Digital and and show them my broken hard drive from Acer and be like, yo, I bought this laptop, this hard drive is broken, you guys made it, what are my options? Well, your options are that you can buy a new one. I'm like, fuck. I, I actually went to the Western Digital website and was like, here is my serial number for my hard drive. What are my options? And they said they had a big link that said, here are your upgrade options. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a pleasant surprise. I clicked on it, and it was like, you can choose from any of these hard drives. And I'm like, okay, that's great. And then I looked at the price, and they were like full retail price. So I'm like, all right, that doesn't really help me. That's just saying, okay, I got a broken game disc, and I'd like it to return to GameStop. And GameStop says, here are your options. You can either return it, uh, you, you can either buy a new game for full price, or you can buy the same game for full price. Great, thanks. Or any other of our wonderful selections. Wonderful selection of product. games. Right, exactly. So, or that would be funny if they're like, we can give you a refurbished hard drive for like $5 less. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, that was my adventure this week, and and uh, my grief, half of my grief throughout PAX, and somebody keeps texting me, one of these better be you, Pete. Sorry, no, it's not me. God damn it! Um, and then I was playing more Geometry Wars Galaxies. Um, but yeah, there's there's enough about Geo Galaxies that I talked about last week. There's there's not really that much to talk about with that game. It's just shoot and collect shit. Um, but anyway, I think that's all we've been doing and watching and playing and belching, so... We are going to take We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> yes, we are barbershop duets. Um, gonna finish out just you know the whole PAX experience. I mean, there's not really much, too much to talk about other than like what we did because I think we covered. Did we cover all the games that you saw last time? No. Okay. We didn't cover all the games we I saw. We didn't really cover much of the panels. I don't think and other stuff that we did. Okay, because I, th- I thought we went through most of the... Because you went through the Gunslinger. Um, but I-, I guess there was a whole bunch of other shit you saw. So why don't you run the gamut of the games that you okay, saw Okay, actually, there's not that much about. more that I saw that we haven't talked about. Cause, I knew it! I mean, I, I'm talking about game like on the fl- on the expo floor. Because, uh, yeah, we I talked about Gunslinger, we talked about 3DS, we talked about Mortal Kombat. Uh, we talked about Bastion. Um, stuff that I played that we haven't talked about, there might be like two games. <laughs> um one of them was uh, Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet. Ah, uh, right, that one. Which I don't remember the company who's putting it out, but it's actually a really cool game. Uh, I believe it's just going to be an Xbox Live Arcade game. But as, I... as you talk about it, I will find it. So okay. keep talking. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know if they were saying specifically saying platforms or anything, but I was playing it with an Xbox controller. Um, 
this game is uh, really cool. It uh, has a aesthetic that is very similar to like World of Goo uh, or like like people might recognize like the art style kind of like something like from Invader Zim or something like that. It's got like one of those kind of art styles. Uh, and it uses it, the mechanics are similar to something like Pixel Junk Shooter um, for anybody who's played that uh, where it's kind of like you're a floating ship on this like, you know, 2D plane uh, going through this like this cavernous maze. And what it is is that you the, the the hook is that your ship has these different like arms that it can switch between like a laser arm or a grappling arm, um, and uh, there you get more arms later. I don't remember if there was a third arm you got to use. I got to use in the demo or not. Uh, but there's like a whole radial menu. I guess you'll eventually get of arms. Um, and so like in the first in the demo stage, you're going around this like cavernous maze, like I said, and you are uh, solving. S- sort of puzzles like um things for instance like okay there could be tentacles in your way just like these weird little tentacle things so you just blast them with your laser and they move out of the way then later on there could be like a uh, like a worm mouth thing like a maw and you can pick up a rock and oh it, like it when it's breathing you can see like the wind current air current going into its mouth so you pick up a rock and you put it into the air current and then it like you know it goes into the worm's mouth and it's like ah i'm choking and it goes away uh opening you know another path so you're like flying around and you're picking up uh, uh, power-ups for your arms. And in this demo stage, there were uh, there was like three movie clip pickups, which I guess if I had gotten all three, you open up an additional movie clip for the demo. And I got two of them, and I knew where the third one was because I basically traversed all all the area in this one stage. I just uh, I didn't want to take up so much time to to get to it because uh, you have to carry a bomb from like like there's these like little floating uh, like uh, mine type creatures that you know when you bump into them uh they activate and blow up uh but if you use your claw arm you can carry it and it won't blow up right away but if it bumps against the wall whatever it blows up so uh yeah i was trying to carry it from this one spot to where i needed to go uh to blow out a section of wall and i couldn't do it properly because it kept uh blowing up prematurely on me um sounds like a personal problem uh and so i was just like well I'm not going to waste time doing this. So I just went to the end of the level and fought the boss. Um, and there, yeah, there was like this boss fight with this giant, like spinning orb thing that had like eyeballs and, uh, like tentacles and stuff on it. I don't know. A lot of tentacles in this thing. I don't know if it's like their version of tentacle porn or what, but yeah, there's, there was a lot of tentacles. Uh, but I don't know. It was a fun game. Um, I definitely would uh, be interested in trying it out some more, like when it comes out to arcade or whatever it's coming to. Did you find out any information on it? Yes, I I, I didn't want to butt in. It's uh, it is currently listed only as Xbox Live Marketplace and PC. It is being published by Microsoft Game Studios and developed by Fuel Cell Games. F U E L C E L L. Did they do Small Soldiers or whatever it was? They did. Click. <laughs> It just says a new game developer with its first. Okay, so this is their first game. Okay, I was just wondering because in that maybe it was just maybe that's just the Xbox Live Arcade area because I was gonna say in that same section they were showing the uh, the Small Soldiers uh, sequel or whatever um, that's coming out also on arcade. So I didn't. Are, know if are it was you, you talking about the um the the kind of um tower defense game with uh, toy soldiers? Yeah, was that wait? Is it called Small it's, Soldiers? It's called, it called it's called Toy Soldiers, and that oh. was developed by Signal Studios. Okay. For some reason, I thought Toy Soldiers was something different, but. I don't know. Um, it's a different movie. Yeah, that's true. With Sean Astin <laughs> and and Will Wheaton. Yes, it does have Will. T- Will Wheaton. Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Um, so anyway, uh, besides that game, which I did like, uh, 
Me and you played uh, Fallen Frontier. Fallen Frontier, yes. Uh, which dual, we didn't talk about. Yeah, kind of dual stick-ish. Like, more like Shadow Complex than yeah, dual stick say, shooter. Very but... much reminded me of Shadow Complex, especially in its, like, uh, its gun mechanics. Yeah. Having having the uh, laser sight and, like, spinning the gun around and then firing the trigger. Like, it just felt exactly like sh- Shadow Complex. Uh, burp. Burp. It, Do it. it. Do it. No, it's okay. I'm done. Um, <laughs> it had a... Uh, uh, comic book style look to it. Uh, actually, in a way, it almost like at least for the stage we played, it kind of reminded me of Flashback. Um, just the the visual style. I mean, Flashback wasn't really comic book, but uh, and it's very know, stark. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously dystopian future type of thing. Yeah. Uh, we were running around in like on uh, I guess like rooftops or something, and it was very like blacks and grays and blues. Uh, yeah. Deus Ex style. Um. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, my favorite thing to do in that game, okay, so yeah, that game, like I said, like we said, it's like Shadow Complex, but imagine it then having co-op, because we were playing it, obviously, co-op, and that was really awesome, uh, and, you know, the different weapons you get, like, uh, you have a grappling hook, so I, I picked up a shotgun, and I don't know if you saw me during some of the stage, some parts of the stages, but I was grappling people towards me, enemies towards me, and then shotgunning and shooting, them. Yeah, no, I saw that, that was great. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun, and then, yeah, obviously, you can traverse some of the, the stage, uh, with the grappling hook. I felt like a little bit of the stage traversal was a little bit cumbersome, like, going up and down different levels. Yeah. Um. Yeah, definitely. But aside from that, I mean, it definitely, it, it seemed fun, uh, and again, I think that's also going to be, Wait, we played it with PS3 controllers, didn't we? Did we? I don't recall. I, I thought it was Xbox controllers. Maybe what? Man, I can't they remember. They were black Xbox controllers, I think. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that probably is also coming to Xbox Live Arcade. It seems like an Xbox Live Arcade yeah. type of game. Um, so that was fun as well. Uh, and I think that's all that I played on the show floor. Uh, but, you know, then, then there's other stuff in the show that I want to talk about, like the retro arcade. Well, I was actually going to... Put my two cents in about Fallen Frontier. Oh, um, I didn't like the floatiness of the controls. Um, I I I think that's what lent to some of the some of the cumbersome feel of it. Was that I don't know if you felt this way, but like whenever I jumped, I felt like it was way too floaty. Um, and for some reason, like I just couldn't get that. And it could have been like the dual stick aiming. I I've never I haven't played Shadow Complex, and I don't think I've ever played. A uh, an aim with the right stick, pull the trigger to shoot in a 2D plane. You know, I'm used to yeah. either it being something like um something like a dual stick shooter, like Geometry Wars, where as soon as you press the analog stick, he's firing. Um, or a first person shooter, where you know, obviously, you use the right stick to aim. And I I couldn't get the hang of it. You know, that I was I was all right with because it's like, look, it's it's I just you know, it's my fault. I don't really understand this stuff that well yet because I've never really played that many games of this type but the jumping was just like all right this is that whole kind of like um uh little big planet thing again where i didn't play it but everybody and their mother was like i was like it's so forward to this game and then it floats and i don't like it because it floats and you know it was kind of that that sensation of like wow if only they tightened up the jumping i think i'd be okay with it you know but i, I and maybe maybe it's just in pre-release stage and it's not really fully ready yet and they're still tweaking it um but I, you know, I definitely thought the grappling was the highlight of it, and mostly because I got to watch you do it, because I was, I, I, I was struggling with the jumping, so I was just watching you play. Um, oh, I, I guess one of the other good things they do is how they split the screen in co-op, so that you can explore different parts of the stage, and I think they rotate the, the split frame, right? Like, it's not always just one on the left and one on the right, like, sometimes, depending on how far you go. Right, um, I think I, I feel like you're right about that, like... Uh, that yeah, it would rotate based on your orientation to each other, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, would I? 
Would I buy it? We'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, it's 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 definitely not. It definitely didn't hit me uh, as well as something like Bastion did, where it's like, all right, as soon as I play this shit, yeah, oh, yeah. when it comes out, I am going to get it. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna buy Bastion. Uh, like insanely sh- sh- twisted shadow planet is a maybe buy depending on price and same thing with fallen frontier you know depending on price and it could be one of those things where like if i had a friend over and i was like hey let's try something okay i'll buy this game because i know it's co-op right um but i i, I mean i don't know if i'd play fallen frontier single player uh because it doesn't seem like at least from what we've seen story-wise and you know the little demo it was kind of like a trite story you know like very cliche that uh, stuff there um i don't remember it was like someone set us up the bomb kind of thing uh <laughs> and uh shadow complex on the other hand you know has a i feel a really good story and yeah what you're saying about the controls and like the the floatiness and stuff that stuff didn't seem that stuff's not like a problem in shadow complex i definitely feel like in just to try to sell you on that game the uh the character definitely has some weight to him until you later get the upgrades like you know a jetpack or like other stuff that lets you traverse higher um but uh like I felt I feel like the character in Shadow Complex moves almost like a, a Prince of Persia style, where it's like you know when you jump you fall like like uh, not, I'm not talking about the, I'm talking about like original Prince of Persia, uh, where it's like you know you have a, definitely a set limit that you can jump to and, before you get like, hurt. Yeah, like and like then you you'll definitely fall and like you fall fast. Uh, but um, yeah. So it's then, more deliberate then, much more deliberate than than like something like a Fallen Frontier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the, the the gun stuff I wanted to say is is the same thing where it's like yeah it's dual stick but you're not firing until you pull the trigger but that's because Shadow Complex has you know like you're you have the options of trying to stealth through parts or whatever like right. you might want to just fire a single shot to take out one particular thing instead of like you know just blindly firing at enemies or something like that right um so it's a lot more uh, methodically paced and uh, yeah I mean. I, I really think you, because you said you haven't played it, I really think you should at least give uh, the demo a try if you get a chance, because that... Oh, I no, I really like I really want to play Shadow Complex. That's not that's not what's stopping me from playing it. It's my general behavior of, like, hey, look at all these games I got. I gotta that's play true. these. And then, hey, there's another game that I randomly bought that wasn't Shadow <laughs> Complex, so I'm gonna go play that. And now I feel dumb. I mean, I haven't even completed Shadow Complex, like, even just the basic story, but, like, the time I spent with it, I definitely enjoyed every moment I played with it so far. Right. Um... So yeah, uh, but yeah, we can move on. Other stuff that you saw on the faux floor, on the show floor, on the expo. I mean, floor, I'm not, sorry, uh, not on at, the show at, floor, but like panels and say, shit. Yeah, because uh, like the only other stuff I did on the expo floor was you know wander Dance. around harmonics booth and uh, buy stuff like the red versus blue box set and some Mega sixty four stuff. Dance, dance, dance. Um, dance, dance, dance. Did you did you dance at a slash dance? No, I didn't go. I didn't run into any slash dances. Oh. Megu, did, uh, Megu and Mo did. Yeah, I know. Uh, I would think I was. I think was that with you at that point, or I forget what was going on at that time. Um, but yeah, like, uh, be, okay, because of the, I feel like because of the size of the convention center this year, it was a lot harder to run into that random kind of like just goofery. Um, right. Right. Yeah. So, because like, I mean, you had a place you were trying to get to, and then you had to fucking traverse a mile to get to it. Uh, not really a mile, but it fucking felt like it most of the time. I mean, for all the walking we did, God. Where do you remember what that was? I'm trying to remember because I don't recall. I I recall traversing a mile to get to anywhere. <laughs> so no, I'm just talking in general. Like you know, we'd be on one oh, side okay. of the convention hall. Yeah. We'd be like, oh, let's go back to the rock band free play. Oh, where the hell was it? Because everything looks the same. Let's right. go walk forever until we find it. Oh wait, we want to go get food. We got to walk back over to the other side now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the thing that was 
better about this place was the size of the rooms. That was the major problem with the Heinz yeah. Convention Center last year. But then the Heinz was at least so self-contained that you weren't walking a mile to get to everywhere. You just went up an escalator, and the retro room was right there. Or right. you went down the escalator, and the rock band stage was right there. Here, it's like, it, it was like, oh, there's like a, a sky walkway to get to the west part of the, of the thing, and then you have to walk back across to get to the east part, and like not all the escalators go to the same place, so you have to like go up and then walk across and go down, and like the food court is all the way on that side of the thing, and then like it's it was just like it, it was it was kind of like so compartmental. It, it it felt like fucking um the 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 fucking ship on Mass Effect where like everything is in a <laughs> different place and you're like all right now I gotta go down the other yeah. You know, um, the Normandy, that's what it's fucking called. Jesus Christ. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, definitely. It, it did feel like that. And it wouldn't have been such a problem. And hopefully they'll do it next year. Or maybe I'll like, maybe I'll write in and suggest it, but Shepherd. to actually like label areas more, like with, even if they make up fake names, just so like, you know, okay, this is the console free play area. We're going to call it, you know, fucking the, the Minotaur area or whatever. And then like on the map, on a map, like label that. So like, and then put signs like, Signs, you know, like, signage would be key. Yeah, like, I mean, even I guess they don't need a name, stuff like that. They could just have, like, a lot of signs, like, console free play and then arrows. And, like, definitely, like, signs along the way to keep guiding you. Like, that was the main problem is that you really didn't know where you were going. I mean, yeah, there was probably a map in the uh, in the booklet, but I actually – I never even picked up a booklet. I completely forgot to. Um, I didn't even know where to pick up a booklet. That shows you where, like, how disjointed everything was. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, where, where do I get it? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> fuck it. I'm just going to stay by Rock Band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, but enough bitching about the bad stuff about PAX. Uh, You'll love it. Yeah. Um, the like So, yeah, the Retro Arcade is I wanted to talk about because that was awesome. And I played a shitload of Tapper in there. Um, tap that ass. Tap and, that ass. Uh, Playing that made me decide that I really like I need to become rich because I want a tapper machine. <laughs> um, even though I have to make one myself, I run don't a care. bar. Just run a bar. No, I want a tapper machine. That game is so much fun. Uh, would you and- would you set? Do you want the uh, the machine to have the machine, or would you settle for like? I have Tapper on MAME, and I'm going to construct... That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if I built my own machine, I'd probably be okay with okay, that. I'd okay. want it to look like a Tapper machine, though, and I'd want it to have, like, those, uh, that, like, ta- that, uh, you know, um, that draft handle type control thing. Right, yeah, yeah. Which is really awesome. That would uh, be, yeah. So, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know, not to sound egotistical or what, but, like, I don't know if I was, like, one of the few good Tapper players there. I mean, I'm not, like, amazing. I can't make it to the space bar, but I came pretty oh, close. What are you talking about then? What are you What are you talking for? Go away. This podcast is over. You suck. During can't, all the time I spent at the retro the arcade space playing bar. that game, I didn't see anybody else make it to the space bar either, and I only really saw one other person make it to the uh, the punk bar. Um, and I think as far as I like, I made it up to level nine, and I think that's as far as I've seen anybody else make it too. And whenever I would play, because I'd consistently make it to the punk bar, I'd have people like crowd around and start watching me, which was like kind of awkward because i've never had that like even back in the old days when i played arcade games you know went to actual arcades i've never had that happen so it was like a little bit like like unnerving but uh yeah that and uh frogger i'm good at too wait 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 wait. so hold on hold on you didn't make it to the space bar no i did not make it to the. i don't want to talk to you anymore go away (laughs) so anyway uh yeah i enjoyed the hell out of tapper uh like i said i played frogger my friend paul put up a high score on sunday and i went back i went back to the arcade and beat his score oh please please tell me you like directly tweeted him be like hey guess what guess Uh, what douche you retweeted the tweet oh i did nice yeah oh Um, 
Hangover memories coming back now. Yeah, I quickly took a picture of the high score and tweeted out, yeah, got the high score. Um, and all that stuff just really, 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 really makes me wish there were still arcades. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, like, you don't think about the money when it's something like a free play area like there was at PAX. But, like, I just miss that environment. Uh, and it's so much fun. And, I mean, you know, me and you went and we had some fun playing. Like, uh, we played Wizard of War together. and That was, that was funny. Cool. I like that. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, like you know, co-op, but still, like, competitive, uh, like, arcade games like that were pretty cool. Um, we tried some random games that we never liked that. I don't remember the name of it, but there was that one that had the trackball and the four uh, missile oh, silo yeah, things. I, I, yeah, I'm trying to remember because I know that they did a quick look of, of it on, on Giant Bomb for the... Um the um, game room thing. Game room, really? It came out on game room. Yeah, and obviously, oh obviously, with the analog sticks, it's not the type of game that you'd want to play with the analog sticks. But I was, I was playing with the trackball, and I had a lot of fun. I actually really liked that game, even though I kind of sucked at it. Um, I just kind of liked the idea of a four pronged missile command, and sh- I don't, I forget it. I, I only played missile command once, and I was really young. But like, do you have a shield in that game in missile command, or is it like the instant that you, you like, you can't press a button to bring up a shield, right? Um. I don't know. I'm going to go look. Okay, while you look. Well, in that game, uh, in unknown game with four silos and things in trackball, uh, you had a shield button, and so when everything, when, whenever something was coming to one of your... The, the guns are at the four corners of the screen, so whenever one of the things are coming for you into the corner, you can quickly press the shield button to bring up a shield for... It lasts for maybe about a second to two seconds um, to absorb the blast. So there's some kind of like reflex there, where and it gives you a little bit of a leeway if you start to fuck up. Um, and then not only are you trying to take down missiles, but there is a planet that you're hovering over, and you, you're supposed to take out the structures on the planet, and some of the planet structures are the ones that shoot the missiles. So you take them out, you gain a huge advantage, and I'm starting to get the hiccups because peach hiccups are contagious. Um, excuse you, God. So, um, but yeah, that one I really liked. I wish I could find the name of it. Have, have you found anything, researcher? No. Uh, by the way, skim, skimming missile command, I didn't see anything about uh, a shield. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the name of that game either, but I know that when I played it, the, uh, like, the time I went back and you weren't there and I played it, I made it up to, like, the fourth or fifth planet, and I was like, man, I'm awesome at this game. <laughs> I think, um, I think on my best run, I got up to, like, number four, and then, and then I got taken out, and then I tried it again, and my, I think my thumb and forefinger, my, my thumb and, uh, forefinger and middle finger from um from just like moving the trackball around were starting to get tight and sore so I couldn't play the game anymore um <laughs> and that that's that's when I met up with you at that what was it called when we shot each other warriors and wizwads and I talking about wizard of war wizard of war that's what it was um if you imagine like um I I, I guess because the kids play halo these days even though it sucks uh a halo a halo deathmatch but with covenant on the map that's kind of like what it is, except in an overhead 2D kind of thing. Um, looking like adventure-style graphics. Looking like, yeah, it looks like adventure. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, I had a lot of fun in that room. Uh, we tried to play Karate Champ, and the fucking right stick was broken on your side, and that sucked. Yeah, that sucked, so we couldn't play that. Um, and then, uh, what else was there? Like, uh, play, I, I, I don't know about you, but I played a little Afterburner. Uh, it's a stand-up cabinet with just the flight stick. It would have been cool if they had the sit-down one, but obviously... You know, stand up is better for room. Purposes. I don't know how to play that game. 
I just uh, realized for the first time that whatever I did when I was a kid was not the right thing. Because oh, I'm yeah. sitting there playing it, and I'm like, I don't know how to fucking play this. And then you were like, dude, dude, use that. And you were pointing at the throttle, and I'm like, okay, but I don't know what this does. <laughs> I'm just going to die and then move on to the four silo missile command thing. Yeah, Honestly, I mean, when I was a kid, all I cared about was the fact that, oh my god, the seat moves. Right. Um. And yeah, I'm not good at Afterburner either. And like watching people that are good at it, it's like it's impressive. It's um, like, what are you doing? Like, what does yeah. that thing do? It's like you know, for for the kids today or the kids of I guess yesterday, it's like you know, Afterburner is kind of like Star Fox on steroids kind of game. Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean, it's an arcade game, so you got to be on your ball, on your ball, on your and, balls. Yeah, yeah, you got to be on your balls because uh, shit's shooting at you all the time. And like that was my problem. Like I could take down planes rather easy, but you got to like shoot down the missiles that are coming at you too, and they come at you quick. And I kept getting fucked up by them. Um, so yeah. Uh, Trying to think if there's any other games that I really play. I mean, I, I I did you know dabble with some other games. Played a little R Type, which I I'm a big fan of R Type. Um, but like you know old PC ports of of some PC uh whatever version it was on, whatever PC version. What the fuck am I talking about? Of R Type? Yeah. Are you um, ta- are you talking about the Turbo Graphics version? Because because it was called the PC Engine in Japan. No, no, I'm talking about like so, on an actual computer. Oh, okay. A they had a PC system. port of R Type on PC. Now I want to find that. Um, hang on a second. Uh. That must have been Amiga. Type. Oh no, Commodore. It could have been Amiga. It could have been Commodore sixty four. Could have just been a regular PC. I don't know because I mean, it was my father it was back when I was young. You know, my father oh. was really into gaming. Okay, so. here we go. R type platforms. I got a Amiga, yeah, Game Boy, Sega Master System, Amstrad, Atari ST, Commodore sixty four, MSX, MSX, haha, uh, ZX Spectrum, TurboGrafx sixteen, Wii Shop, Arcade, Xbox Live Marketplace, FM Towns. The Marty, it came out on the fucking Marty, really? The Sharp X68000 and iPhone. Speaking of Xbox 360, I need to call Microsoft support because I resubbed for gold when they were doing the promotion where you were supposed to get R-Type and the Maw. And they never... Uh, and I still have yet to get them. So that kind of is annoying because I may I basically resubbed because those games were going to be given to me. Um, so anyway... Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Al is on GChat from his phone, and he says "tax lady now." So okay, I guess that means he's at the tax lady. <laughs> well, we'll probably be done before he gets back. Yeah. Um, tax lady. So anyway, yeah, my father was really good at our type. I'm not the arcade game. I died very quickly in and was embarrassed and walked away and went back and played more Tapper, where I was good at. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that the retro arcade is my favorite part of PAX. Uh, you know, obviously, I've only been to the two PAX East Eastuses. Um, but both times they were my favorite part, and again, it just makes me wish that ar- arcades are still around. And I love the whole arcade culture thing. Right. I um I I need to make it a point to to go to this place called Barcade, which is in Brooklyn, and it's basically um a bar and a whole bunch of arcade machines. Um, and I don't remember exactly what they had there the first time I went there because the first time I went there was actually for a Guitar Hero Two charity event. Uh, that was being thrown by Gawker's. I think that the his name is Joel Johnson. He, he I think he's one of the techies behind the, the website or whatever. And he had done this in other states before, but he threw together um a rock a, a guitar hero thing to for charity. And this was like a couple of years ago. Uh, and I went there and I'm like, I did not know this place existed, and I need to come back here. But they they also had like old like I was about to say younger shit. They also had newer shit like Time Crisis, so it's not entirely retro. Um, and I, I'm I'm kind of with you in that I really like the retro aspect of the retro arcade. So if I want a time crisis, I could go to a Dave and Buster's. Those are all over, and those are also you know ripoffs. But you know if I, 
any modern games that are in an arcade, I'd you know, I'd probably rather play at home because they're not that good anymore. I mean, I'd rather play old Space Harrier than Time Crisis is pretty much what I'm saying. Um, right. and, I, and I know how to play Space Harrier. Maybe not Afterburner, but Space Harrier, that's a Sega game where it's, you know, first person over the shoulder, kind of whatever. Yeah, I could play that. Anyway. Um, One last thing I wanted to say before we move away from the Retro Arcade. Just uh, overheard uh, while I was playing Tapper or while I was waiting in line to play Tapper were uh, two younger kids and one sits the other one. It's like Diner Dash for alcoholics. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. shoot me now. Ugh. Oh, it was really funny. Um, not necessarily because one should know this, but um, our, our friend, for anybody out there, our friend Maurice, who unfortunately did not make our PAX uh, podcast this year because we didn't have one, um, was dressed up That's as a... That's kind of my fault, probably. No, we, we were all going out and drinking, and we none of us had any time to sit down and do it. Um, but there is a there's an anime called One Piece, and I believe the character he dressed up as, his name is Rufy. Um, he's got like a red vest and, and and jorts, as you call them, sandals and like a, a big hat. And so he was walking around and some like some lady who I think was also dressed up in some other costume, but she must have been like thirty eight or something. She goes she goes to her husband or her boyfriend who are, or maybe her son, I have no idea who he was. He turns to him and is like, Hey look, there's Gilligan. <laughs> and I'm like, Well I while I wouldn't know what Maurice was if he hadn't told me I don't think anybody would be dressing up as Gilligan at PAX. Maybe Data? Maybe uh, Captain Kirk? Luke Skywalker? But not Gilligan? I don't know. So anyway, like that, that, that just reminded me of it when you were like, oh yeah, it's a modern day diner dash. Oh god, did you, did you flail your arms randomly and pretend to hit him accidentally in the face? No, I just tweeted. Damn it! I want him accidentally in the face. Anyway, what else? Hashtag did... these damn kids today. <laughs> what um, else did you see on the um uh, at the at the place? Well, uh, did we talk about going to the console free play, free play for a little while and playing MVC three? Um, I don't know. I I really quickly. Um, so that's what we did at console free. <laughs> we played we played Marvel Marvel three. I got Which to. Ex- I had never played before. I don't know if you right. guys had. Um, I I I think this was the first time for all of us. Um, we popped our Marvel three cherries, and I I like it quite a quite a bit, but I still like two better. Uh, it, it feels there's a certain chunky feel to it. Um, that reminded me a little bit more of a traditional Street Fighter game on steroids, as opposed to a completely different beast. And what I personally always liked about the Versus series is that they kind of were their own thing. And Marvel 3 is still in that same vein, but it, 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 it just feels slowed down in a certain sense. Maybe it's th- maybe it's just like an illusion from the 3D graphics that I feel that it's slowed down. It's really not. But I don't know. There, there's that. There's also, I really don't like the buttons. I don't like how they took away punches and kicks. It's it's low, medium, high, and a special button. And I, I don't know. Maybe it's not like, the, a lot of things are perception as opposed to reality. But my perception was that I just felt much less versatility or flexibility with what I could do. It was always just weak, medium, hard. Launcher, weak, medium, hard. Weak, medium, hard. And I don't know. It, it just didn't feel as, as, as fun. I mean, I know that's a really cop-out answer, but it just didn't feel as fun as the other ones. And and I guess that's a that's a, that, that's a learning curve, I guess. I, I, I have to learn how to have fun with it. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, I do like its look. Um, I like the fact that Arthur loses his armor when you hit him enough times. Um, I like the fact that Arthur and Beautiful Joe can exist in the first place. But then again, that's not a surprise because you have people like fucking Servbot 
and um and enroll in the other uh, Marvel's Capcom games. Um, and I like the fact that as Ryu, you can redirect your beam super, which I think is a nice sneaky little trick. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that they've done a much better job at balancing the game this time around. Um, so tournament players would otherwise be happier about that if it weren't for the fact that they took away the punches and kicks. So, I, I don't know, I guess it's a win-loss. I don't know. How did you feel about it in comparison to the other versus games? Are you a verse game fan, or are you more of a traditional yeah, uh, I've, game fan? I've never really played the versus games before, except for maybe, like, once in an arcade, uh, uh-huh. like, at a movie theater or something like that, like, waiting to go see a movie. I think there was, like, a verse game, and I was like, oh, I'll go try this out. Um, but, yeah, like, I this, this was... At PAX East, us playing was the most time I've ever spent with a versus game, and uh, I mean I enjoyed it, even though I suck at fighting games, as was evident by the fact that I didn't win any any of the matches. Um, but I don't know. I like the uh, I definitely like the art style of it, the bright cartoony stuff, and you're gonna get that when you have like you know Capcom and Marvel. Right. So, um, and the speed of it is really cool. I like the fast pace action, and like the fact that I could kind of button mash and pull out some moves and. Um, Obviously, it's not as easy to button mash as some other fighting games like Dead or Alive, um, which I'm more of a fan of. But uh, it, I mean, I was able to basically, you know, use some of my Capcom knowledge to make to to hit off some moves, and the rest I just kind of like randomly came from button presses. The uh, the thing I, I'm not like, I mean, I don't knock the game for it, but I'm not good at juggling. Um, and uh, the whole like team aspect, you know, like knowing when to call in a partner or uh, switch out. Sometimes I just couldn't like forget to switch out or whatever. Um, but I mean, I had fun with it, uh, for somebody that sucks at fighting games, uh, it, it was an enjoyable time to me. Again, not something I'd want to like own or whatever, but in that instance, it was enjoyable. Right. Uh, I, I, I certainly think I will buy it at some point. Um, but which I think, I think that's a, that's a cool thing about the console free play room is that like you get that opportunity to just sit down and, and play and sample things out that you might otherwise not do, um, there was a an old mom and pop video game store in my neighborhood um, that kind of had a pay to play system where like there were a couple of booths with consoles set up of all types and you just go and you ask them if you can check out a game and then you pay them and you sit down and you play for I don't know half an hour to an hour. Um, but it was too much. Obviously, like the console free play room is like a, a gigantic room. Actually, there were three of them this time, right? Uh, I think there were maybe even been more than three. I don't know. It was, there was a lot of, uh, there was yeah. a, quite a wide space of the console free play. Yeah, it was. A, it was a gigantic room, and like I think there was no real time limit. Right, it was just like be courteous, don't be an ass. Like don't yeah. don't take like all day. Um, and it was free. Obviously, well, you obviously have to pay to get a day pass to get in, but still. Um, I think last year Al and I played Super Mario Brothers Wii. Uh, and then we went to the retro console free play room and tried to get through Double Dragon 2 and made it to stage 5 with all the disappearing platforms and... No, stage, oh, nice. Uh, and then, like, I made I it... I wanted to go to the retro room this year, but I, we didn't get to. I completely forgot to go, yeah. and, like, that's something that I always like thinking of. It's kind of like the retro arcade room, right? It's like, oh, yeah, remember the square pads with the with the two red buttons for your NES and, <laughs> and that weird Sega Master System controller with the square D-pad? I don't know. But, like, it's, it's always kitschy to see that... Re- that retro shit. Um, and I think I may have lost Pete. Hello? Hello? We lost Pete. We lost Petey, Petey, Petey. We lost Pete, Pete, Pete. There he is. Yeah, I'm back. Hey. Hey. We lost Pete. And so, yeah. I forgot what I was saying while he was off the line. And Pete Whatever was probably we saying, talking totally about. Uh, 
Wow. Okay. So I'll I'll just put that together, and you'll see what I was actually saying about you. But um, <laughs> uh, but yes, Marvel three by yes, uh, learning curve. Yes. Anyway. Uh, so what else was there on the f- place? Because I don't want to say I don't want to keep saying floor because the floor literally means the exhibition floor. So uh, I don't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about Cannon Fodder. Uh, ah. That was the first panel we went to. I yes. actually have season three's finale list from PAX in front of me. Nice. Um, do you want to give people a quick rundown of what Cannon Fodder is? So Right. Cannon Fodder is kind of a game of sorts that they used to, and by they I should specify, I believe it was started by um, Ingai Kroll of Hit Detection. He used to run the Level Up blog at Newsweek. Um and Steven Tatillo, who is currently at Kotaku, he used to run MTV's multiplayer blog. And those two have a pretty a pretty good relationship. They would always have email debates back and forth and would regularly post these email debates. And so one day they came up with, hey, how do we determine the top 10 video games of all time? And they're like, I know, let's come up with a list or talk to some industry experts, uh, developers, and I believe, um, I believe journalists were in it too as well. Um, and just, just anybody in the industry who, you know, had a knowledge for games, like, I don't think they'd ever go to Bobby Kotick, like, he looks at it from a completely, you know, business standpoint, or I don't think they'd go to Reggie, um, because you know he'd just be like, well, I like GoldenEye, because it's a Nintendo product, and you got to play it at Panda Express, where I used to manage, but, um, you know, people like Phil Harrison, actually, was one of the people who, uh, they talked to, and from this list of 10 games, and from this panel of God knows how many industry experts and veterans, they would say, all right, person, you have one move. You can either replace one game on this list with another game of your choice, bearing in mind that this list is ranked. I thought it wasn't ranked, but it actually was. Um, bearing in mind that the list is ranked, or you can switch places with two of the existing games on the list. So let's say that the list was, and I'm just pulling it out of my ass here, Mario 1, Mario 2, Mario 3, Mega Man 1, Mega Man 2, Mega Man 3. Um, I could be like, I don't like Mario 1 being at the top, and I have a personal favorite. I'm going to eliminate Mario from the top of the list and put in Final Fantasy 7, for which I would actually stone you and then yell at you and then stone you again. But that's besides the point. Or you could say, I like Mario and Mario 3 being on that list in the top three, but I think Mario 3 is better, so I'm going to switch them. And that's all you can do. You can only do one of those two things, and then they would move on to the next person to ask his opinion and say, what do you want to remove or what do you want to swap? So it keeps going like that. And so you start with one list of 10 games, and by the end of the season, as it were, you end up with possibly an entirely different list. Or, who knows, you might end up with the same list as before, just maybe a little bit reordered. So how many? do you know how many uh, people are interrogated, or interrogated, are interviewed in a given season? Is it like 30 people? I've actually never really, like, followed or heard... Like, I mean, I heard the name Canfire before, but I never really knew much about it or followed it until you mentioned it and we went to the panel. Okay. So, uh, I do know that at the... I don't know if this is if this was only season three or if this is from all seasons combined, but uh, at the end, before they went into... Or no, after, after PAX East, like, the final list that I have in front of me, the, the last move was move 38. Okay. Um... Though I'm wondering if that's a compilation of all the moves throughout all the seasons, you know I can, or I'm dumb. I can just look up here. Uh, do, 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 do. Move twenty six. Oh, you know what? Well, okay, wait. This is our starter list pulled from the top ten best reviewed games on game rankings. Ah, uh, that's how they started. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, I guess each season is different. So like they pulled this in 2010, and then uh, then they did heading into 2011. This was the lit. Oh wait, I don't know if this is all season part of season three because they did that before Pax East 2010. Then they did 13 developers of PAX East, 
10, you know, 10, six months later, PAX Prime, they did 12 more developers. And then at PAX East for 2011, they did, you know, the next whatever, however many to get to 38. Okay. So I'm assuming this this must all be season three, I'm assuming. Okay. Um, so it's like so 10-ish. They, they not, probably do, not 30, but 10. Well, no, they probably so do about like, off. I'm thinking maybe they do about 40 oh, you're saying they do per what? season. Am I lagging? And oh, Pete dropped fuck. again. Pete, Petey drop, drop. I can hear Pete you. Pete needs to drop because the internet sucks. In my ear. Uh, and the I call dropped. and call him back. Shit. And the whole call drop. No, 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 no. Call. So hopefully he'll call me back. Call in He's probably Pete. saying stuff. Call in the I'm Peter man. Call stuff. in Pete. Call in the Peter man. Call in Pete. Do. He's not picking up. So am I going to go it's over Friday, to Boston and beat him? Friday, I don't know what that yeah, means. Yeah, so I'm going to end it's this. It's not really Friday. Pete. Um, it's Pete. actually Saturday. Is he going to call? What is he doing? PD Pablo. Oh, I'm not online. That's why he can't call. And I'm still call talking. Call in the Pete. Pete Velucci Jr. Call in the Pete. Pete Velucci Jr. Man, my fucking internet pick up. is the worst. Pick up, pick up, pick up. Oh, pick up. Pick up. you, Comcast. There it is. He's calling. Pick Hi. up, pick up. Pickety pick up. Pick, pick up, pick up, up. There you are. Yay. Oh, God. <laughs> it might drop again. Just saying. <laughs> Oh, All right, so God. what I was trying to say was that I think in Season 3 there was about the th- full 38 moves, so you probably figure there's probably 30 to 40 people per season. Yeah. Um. So real quick, before I drop again, the Season 3 finale list going out of PAX East 2011, and what I would say is, let, let me read down this list. Uh, if you can, you can maybe talk about how you remember how some of these moves were made and why, like if you remember what things were replaced or whatever, because you were there for the whole panel, I came late. So, uh, or you were there for most of the panel. I know you said you were late too, but either way, you can talk about some of the moves that may have made during the panel. Then I say you make a move and I make a move because you were ahead of me in line. Right. Um. So the fu- season three finale list mm. was uh number one Super Mario World, number two Tetris, number three Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, number four Street Fighter Two, number five Ultima Four, number six Half Life Counter Strike, uh number seven Rock Band. Number eight, XCOM. Uh, number nine, Master of Orion. And number 10, Bioshock. You... I just linked you to the list. Okay, I was going to say, can you please read that again so that I could type it down? But, um, all right, so I will take a look at this. Mario World, Tetris, Legends of the Link to the Past, Street Fighter 2, Ultima 4, Half-Life, Counter-Strike, Rock Band, XCOM, Master of Orion, and Bioshock. Micro Machines, Micro Machines, Micro Machines! Where is the link? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see the link that you sent me. Where is You don't the see it? It's in the, uh, it's in the chat for the... Uh, the with Ultra, not your chat. Oh, but I get what? It's not in my chat. Why don't I have the chat? No, send Open IM. Ultra's there chat. There we go. There we go. Okay, I'm going to pull this list up. All right. Austin's so. other Skype name is Ultra, just so you all know now, since I just said it like three times. It's actually not Ultra. That's just the um the alias of it. So, uh, so okay. The, so the starter list. Did you read the starter list? I did not read the starter list. Okay. Um. I just oh, no, that was the, the original, original starter list. Um. So... The list, uh, Pete just read where the list ended up. However, yeah. the, oh, by the way, anybody who wants to look this up, um, just go to kotaku.com, look up Steven Totillo's name, and I believe the post was on March 25th, 7 a.m., so that's actually yesterday, it looks like. Um, and it's called, Watch the Debate About the 10 Best Video Games of All Time. So you can find it there on Kotaku. But, Basically, I just Googled Cannon Fodder Season 3 right. and found the link that way. Bravo! So, Season 3 started off with number one. I, I should go this in reverse order because it's more suspenseful that way. Number 10, Grand Theft Auto, Vice City. Number 9, Street Fighter 2. Number 8, Mega Man 2. Number 7, WoW. 
Number six, Counter-Strike. Number five, Tetris. Number four, Civilization. Number three, DDR. Number two, Super Mario 64. And number one, Doom. Wow. Okay. So, and then Pete read you the ending list. And so what what stayed on there were Street Fighter 2, Tetris, Counter-Strike. Um, and I think... Mario 64, obviously. Uh, Mario 64 isn't on the finale list. It's not? Did I not read it? No. It's oh, all Mario World. That's yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, so, that was interesting how it evolved. My um, question then, like, like I said, like, do you remember any, like, since you were kind of there for, like, most of the panel, do you remember any, like, moves that were made that were, like, gaps, gasp-type moments? So, Christian Allen, um, who works at Warner Brothers, took Mega Man 2 off the list and replaced it with Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. Oh, yeah. You were there for that, I think. Yeah. Because that was, like, a mind blow. Like... I think you were here for this. Too. No, no, you, I think you just came in after this. The guy who made Minecraft took off Tetris and put in Dungeon Master Two. I think, yeah, I may have just I may have just come in at that point. Yeah, Doctor Greg from Bioware took away uh, Vice City and put in Bioshock, which I didn't have much of a problem with, but I feel like there was kind of a, a murmur in the crowd. Um, oh, okay. I would have had a problem with that. Yeah, but... here is a um, here is a. Uh, uh, I think a move that got cheers was DDR was replaced by A Link to the Past, which I wholeheartedly support, um, even though DDR probably does deserve some place near that list, if not on That's the list. I say, like, it probably deserves some place in a top of something, something maybe yeah. not the top ten. Right. And then someone um, someone put in... Oh, okay. Um, the guy who's apparently working with the Minecraft creator uh, on, on their next game, if you can call Minecraft a game... Um, <laughs> took off Mario 64 and put on Dune 2. And Which some people actually were happy with. I wasn't happy with it, but I could understand because um, I think that, that, that was at a time where RTSs really were kind of in limbo. And I think and anybody who's an RTS expert or, or, or aficionado can feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but it is my understanding that Dune 2 was one of the first uh, modern RTSs, and when I say modern, I mean in the way that we know RTSs to be today. Like it was one of the first one that first ones that had you, you know, doing the whole Warcraft rigmarole of like you know mining and building and all that shit. So while I didn't agree with it, I thought it was an intriguing and arguable, argue, arguably fair move. Um, I still would have stuck with 64 because I think it was more revolutionary, but that's just me. And so then Phil Harrison, who was the guy who was at Sony for a long time before he went to uh, Atari. Um, he took away... He ended... No, he didn't end it. Uh, he he was the last uh, industry expert that they spoke to before they actually went to the panel. Um, he took off Dune 2 and put Tetris back in. Um, so that was... And that, I think, was, was one of those cheer moves that kind of got you know people all, all happy about it. Um, and then I think... I think someone. I, I think they cheered when they took World of Warcraft out and put Rock Pin in, which I kind of cheered. I was happy for that. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that sticks out in your mind from this list that, that yeah, I mean, you like, particularly. Uh, you actually just jumped ahead to the uh, panel stuff because yeah, like uh, Greg Kasavin took off Dungeon Master Two and put on Ultima Four, which you were surprised by because you were really expecting him to say Planescape. Because he, um, I, I know he loves yeah. that game. And I mean, he definitely like when he explained why he put Ultima Four. It w- really was just a personal choice as yeah. opposed to a like practical choice. Um, and then thankfully, uh, the guy from uh, Tim Ger- Gerritsen from uh, Bioshock Infinite uh, removed Rainbow Six and put on XCOM, which uh, at, at that point anything probably could have taken over Rainbow Six for me. Um, 
And right. like you said, the last guy, uh, Ethan Gilner, uh, removed WoW for Rock Band, which obviously a, a maybe a controversial choice, but I, I'm happy with that choice. Because um, here's the thing about WoW is that WoW, to me, from 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 an outsider's perspective, and since you've played it, you can you can feel free to to, to smack me upside the head and say I'm wrong, which I probably am because again I've never played WoW. But to me, in the grand scheme of things, WoW is simply an ultra successful version of EverQuest. And that's exactly what I would say is that if any MMO deserves to be on there, I mean it'd be it'd be a tough debate between Ultima, uh, you know, Ultima Online or EverQuest, but I think EverQuest did much more for the MMO genre than Ultima did, uh just in terms of like, you know, t- evolving the evolving the genre from Ultima, uh taking its base gameplay and evolving it into a much uh, broader th- spectrum which uh, with a much broader appeal because EverQuest did bring in more players right. and uh, then pretty much everything since EverQuest owes its inspiration from EverQuest, in my opinion. Um, so I would say, yeah, if any MMO deserves to be on there, it would be EverQuest. Uh, and that coming from somebody who only has ever heard and seen stuff of EverQuest and never played it. Um, but I think that would be the smart choice of an MMO. Uh, but yeah, let's let's because uh, we're gonna be running out of time here for our podcast. Let's uh, podcast. Let's, let's uh, make our moves because uh, we were in line to 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 make suggestions to the panel, and we you know they cut it short before we got our chance to get up there. So based on the uh, finale list, uh, real quick, I'll go over again: Mario World, Tetris, Link to the Past, Street Fighter Two, Ultima Four, Counter Strike, Rock Band, XCOM, Masters of Ryan, and Bioshock. What would be your move if you were to make one? I um. I'll say what my move was at the time because now I'm starting to think things differently. But at the time, I was going to remove XCOM and put in Half-Life 2 with the reason being... And, and this is this might be an unfair move because I have not yet played XCOM. I'm trying to get it to work on Steam. I tried it once and I didn't know what I was doing, so I just stopped. But I... Um, and actually, I was going to try to play that before the podcast, before my internet went down. Um, but my reasoning is this, is that... Well, Half-Life, the original Half-Life did make great strides in storytelling, like kind of dynamically, um, something that I don't think Quake did very well, something that was never, was really not around, like, you remember the original Half-Life uh, uh, for, like, Barney and the scientists and the people you talk to, and just kind of this roller coaster ride of action. Let's be honest, people remember the, the original Half-Life because of the opening tram sequence. Like, yeah, don't get yeah, me wrong, that the too. game is great, I loved it, but like when I think Half-Life, that's the image that comes to my mind, is that opening tram sequence, the first like moments of the game, walking through the facility, uh, you know, going into the uh, the reactor chamber thing, and that stuff happening, and then the game is just kind of like aftermath of all that. Yeah, you, you're, you're right, I think that's what most people remember for. It's me, personally, I don't. Like, I, I, I always, rem- I, I mean, I still remember it for the beginning parts of the game, but the thing I remember most is always like, you, you pull the lever, and all shit goes to shit shit, you know? And it, it's not just shit anymore, it's doubly shit. And then, like, you're you're just basically trying to scrape to make it out, and you're discovering all these things in the facility, and, like, that's when the game first begins. And then my memory ends with you falling down that, like, that really, really steep slope with all the head crabs coming at you, because I hate that part. Yeah, um, that part was terrible. Not terrible as in bad, but, but terrible, terrible as in, like, like, oh my god, I, yeah. I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna survive this. Um... But yeah, but then you get to Half-Life 2, and it does that stuff again, But and I guess you can owe this to the technology, but sometimes, like, and this, this might seem like it goes directly against what I was saying about WoW, how, oh, EverQuest did all this shit first, um, and that's why I was hoping that you could fill it in, um, fill in some of the blanks there, but for me, it's like, okay, Half-Life did that shit first, 
but the level of intensity and the quality to which they did it in Half-Life 2 was so, like, above and beyond what was previously accomplished. And again, yes, it's because of the graphics and technology, but, like, the I think the first time that I saw Alex emote while she was talking to you, like, she, I think when she uh, pressed the button on the soda machine and the door opened, and she, uh, she kind of t- turns to you and grins at you and says, like, it's nice to finally meet you. Oh, Pete dropped again. Pete dropped, dropped again, again, again. I'm gonna call the Pete cause he dropped. He keeps on dropping on me, bitch. Hey, Pete. Hey. Hey, Pete. Goddamn internet. Hey, Pete. Hey, Pete. Hey, Pete. Pete, 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 Pete. Al asks how much time is left. He says ten minutes. Should we bring him in to make his move? Um, if he wants to make his move after me, sure. You don't have to recap him on everything, though. Right, I know. Um, but yeah, I would say I don't know where I dropped off. I mean, where were you? Heard you were me last? saying about how, like, you know, you were. Do you like, remember? You said Alex emoting at you and you know pushing the soda machine thing and then turning and grinning at you, and that's where I cut off. Okay, so oh, so you so you heard about that? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is this is an achievement right here. Like the way that they pull you in to characters into the world, um, so much more than they did with the original Half Life. And not only that, it was just the way that they kind of drove you through the entire game um, with the physics puzzles, with the boat, with the... Co- like, I usually hate vehicle sequences, and I love the ones in Half-Life 2. Um, and I don't know, I think it was just, just all that stuff put together, and I know a lot of people are like, well, it's not as meaningful as the first one, but I my ride through Half-Life 2 was such such a more enjoyable one. Um, and, and the gravity gun is one of the coolest things that you could play with in a first-person shooter, like bar none. Um, so that's why I would put Half-Life 2 up there. Uh, why don't I explain to Al, uh, what the, what we're doing via chat while you explain your move. Okay. Uh, hopefully I don't drop again. So let's, let's see if I can get through this. Uh, by the way, you totally stepped all over my balls with your move there because originally at the panel, you were going (laughs) to argue for Planescape Torment and I was going to be the one arguing for Half-Life 2. No, you're right. You're fucking right. Oh my God. I was going to take off Bioshock for Half-Life 2. Um, but it's fine. If if we're playing the game the way it would be played, you, you would have com- made... It's okay. Don't worry about it. No, but what you- I was saying is that I meant to to say what I was going to do at PAX, and then I guess I just completely forgot. <laughs> I was so convincing when I told you about Half-Life 2 that it must have just stuck in your head that that's what you were going to do at PAX. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think you told... We didn't tell each other what, why, or, or what our arguments were, but anyway... Oh, no, I totally, I mean, I definitely told you, like, not, maybe not as in detail, but about why I felt like Half-Life right. 2 should be on there, and you definitely pretty much just explained it, like, exactly the same way I would have, uh, maybe a little bit more elaborately, but, um, so, uh, go ahead, you explain to Al, I'm gonna make my move here, so we're gonna say that your move took place, which is you took XCOM off for Half-Life 2, so now looking at the list, I think what I would have to do, okay, what I, I just want to say real quick what I want to do. I want to take something off of here. Uh, basically, to me, the game that doesn't deserve to be on here is Bioshock. And I'll explain why. Because I don't believe that that is uh, a game that is top 10 material. Like, yes, it told an interesting story and it had a great looking, you know, visual aesthetic, great world and stuff. But the gameplay was not fun. I will stick by that till the day I die. 
uh, looking in corners for the fucking audio tapes, like having to like, that's me and Charlie talked about it. You know, like we did not like the fact that we were like having to look at stuff besides what's in front of us and what we're meant to be looking at for these audio tapes to get the story. That was not fun to us. Uh, the whole just dying and going to the Vita chambers, taking away completely pretty much any challenge and just turning into goblin mechanics where you're just fucking like barreling at stuff like the fucking big daddies. You go in, you shoot, you die, you go back in, you shoot, you die. Like that was not fun. Now, interestingly enough, this, the game I'd want to put on here kind of has that mechanic, which is Super Meat Boy. Obviously, you just like you go, you die, you re-go, you go, you die, re- you re-go. But that's like, you know, a different context. So. Uh, I don't think it's cons- considered the same thing, and it's completely um, different. It, it is completely yeah. different um, because you cannot you cannot start from the middle of a level when you die. You, you are right. thrown back to the beginning to solve it all over again. Yeah, um, and obviously, like I said, Super Meat Boy for me would be just a personal choice because of how much fun I've been having with it lately, and like the fact that I love the just pure visceral challenge of it. Uh, but Honestly, the game I think deserves to be on here is a game that I, I don't know which GTA was on here, but I, Vice I think City. you said Vice, you City, said was Vice City was on there. Yeah, I think I'd actually put GTA Three on there uh, because like there'd be no Vice City without Three, obviously, and Three was a landmark moment in gaming. I mean, like that really propelled the whole open world 3D movement. Like, um, obviously, you know. I don't. I don't think any open world game can like say that they were not inspired by that or, or like influenced by that original GTA. And yeah, while Vice City improved on a lot of things from it, again, there'd be no Vice City without three. Uh, to me, I went out and bought a PlayStation Two and Grand Theft Auto Three on a credit card and put myself into debt because of that fucking game. Oh shit! Um, that was the start of my you know youthful spiral into debt. Uh, but I mean. I don't know. Like that. That's really. I, I don't want to go as in depth in explaining it. That I mean, it, it's purely that simple. That you know, GTA inspired so many games, and while there were, while it's uh, you know, pseudo sequels or whatever, did improve a lot on it. Uh, San Andreas is honestly my favorite GTA game, and I think that's better than Vice City. Uh, but like, three didn't have a good story. Three didn't have good mechanics. But so many games owe their heritage to. Grand Theft Auto Three, so that's why I, I would put that's it on an, there. That's an interesting move, and the only the only kind of qu- two questions that I have about that is well, not two questions, but the reasons why I kind of hesitate to put the original over its sequel is because I feel like if we're gonna talk about the, I guess, a game that does this blueprint, it would be Driver because Driver actually did this first. But if we're talking about saying, all right, well, Driver may have done it first, but it, it didn't. It was it was really sloppy, and it wasn't like EverQuest, which completely brought everything together in a way that you'd never seen before, and it, and it actually worked. Which again is not something that I know for a fact because I never played it. But if we're gonna go down the route of saying that Driver isn't the originator and therefore it doesn't, or, I'm sorry, that Driver isn't good enough to be considered the one that's on the list, I I, I guess the reason why they put Vice City on there in particular is because um, even though three put you in that open world, you were still almost entirely a blank slate where in Vice City, they put together a mean well, what they think is a meaningful character and story to this open world that had never been done before in that certain way. So, to some people, Vice City 
is the one that gets up there because of that combination. Now, I personally don't know. I never played three. I played maybe about 10 minutes of Vice City, and I played 10 minutes of San Andreas. I have both on my PC, and I probably will never touch them again. So I'll go with your judgment on that one. It's just Those are just kind of two things yeah. that I was wondering about. To me, the way the list, like in my head, the way this list would work, obviously, you know, different people have different opinions about what would actually be like make a game an all time great game. And for me, if it's going to be a top 10 games of all time, it has to like, I, I, my immediate thing is to go to what's in, been influential. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to be a top 10 game, then you obviously would have like have to be influential in what's come after you. Uh, and like, that's why I go kind of to the base games. Like, you know, like that's kind of why, uh, I think, you know, uh, maybe the original Mario over Mario World or like Mario 3 probably is probably a better choice but uh like what else is on there um Rock Band obviously you know the original Rock Band is on there as opposed to Rock Band 3 which would be a, probably a better considered a better game but Rock Band is a more influential game and like just not so much in the industry but in terms of what it's done for like gamers and right. you know like social environments and stuff like that so like that's why I kind of go with like inf- oh like for okay Counter Strike uh Team Fortress Two a much better game Left for Dead probably a better game but Counter Strike way more influential and like especially in terms of like gaming comp- like competitive gaming and clan gaming things like that so that's why I definitely think that deserves right. to be on the list uh yeah but, so that, that that's that's how the list ends up breaking down for me is I kind of go based on influence but did you ever play and I'm asking this only uh, you know uh, as Devil's Advocate I'm just did, did you ever play Driver. No, I have not. I mean, I know of the game, yes, but I have not played it. Yeah. Um. And, and like to to your point, though, it, it you know it, it it wouldn't be fair for me to not mention the fact that like there was Driver and GTA, great GTA three. But once GTA three came out, it wasn't like there was Driver and then there was a whole bunch of shit. It was Driver, and then no one could could come to that until Rockstar was like, "Yo, we got this, son." Uh. But you know, GTA three comes out, and it's like, oh shit. True crime, streets of L.A. Oh shit, Driver needs to now make a comeback because they need to say, "Yo, we did this shit first. And then, oh, we've got true crime, streets of New York. And then what all like, what was it called on places? The Getaway and all that other shit was like, "Yo, this shit exploded. We need to like make our own thing." Driver, as far as I know, didn't do that. It didn't come out and say, "Yo, this is what the future is. Follow us." It said, "Yo, this is what the future is." Hello, hello. Does anybody hear us? This is a good game. This is a great concept. No, I thought you were saying hello to me because no, I no, I, that, that's that's why I was that's why I was going as quickly as possible with the commentary. I was like, and it's like, uh, okay, I guess no one wants this. And then like a year later, Rockstar is like, yo, we got this, yeah. And then they do it, um, oh, do it, do it. Although then you can even go back further and say Driver was just a 3D version of Grand Theft Auto 1 and 2 and blah, blah, blah. I, you know, you can always make an argument about what's the originator, what's the progenitor, what's the, you know, the, um, the, 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 what did you call it? The most influential one? You yeah. Know? So, you know what I'm surprised is that no, um, actually no, I shouldn't say that because XCOM is kind of RTS. No, it's turn-based. Um, I don't see any, um, I don't see any RTS on here and I, I think throughout this season, in our panel, StarCraft did not inch its way onto this list at all. There was the one person in the crowd that did like bring it up, but oh, yeah, you're like right, a, you're right. Okay, but so obviously, so... no, none of the none of the official moves right. put it onto the list. I, I, having never played any more than two levels of StarCraft, just all the stuff that I see and read about it and hear about it, that has to find its way on there somehow. But I couldn't argue for it because I don't know enough about it. Um, right. I would say if you know if you gave me an extra move. I would probably 
well, you take off. You took off Bioshock already, right? So I don't know. I might. I might take a move off and put in. Um, what's it called? And put in uh, Starcraft instead. Yeah. Again, never played Moo, so I don't know. And somehow. Oh, I might drop again. Uh oh, Pete's gonna drop soon. I but can hear you. Not. You're like you're like getting farther away. I sound like a <laughs> robot. <laughs> uh, but rather than take another move, why don't you bring in Al so he can make his move? I would, except he doesn't look to be online. Yet. Oh, well, awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so like my point on GTA Three is kind of kind of moot at this point anyway, since you fucking took my movie, you bastard. Uh-huh. Although, like I said, I would have taken Bioshock off. That w- that is definitely the one that yeah. I would have pulled out. Um, although Half Life Two, I think deserves a higher spot on the list than even XCOM. So you know what's funny about the whole Bioshock thing? I don't know if you remember back when there was that whole when Jeff Gershman was still at Gamespot, um, and he gave it a nine. And he said there were so many great things about the game except for the part where you actually play it, which is basically your critique as well. Yeah. I actually like the gameplay, but I don't like it so much that it's like, oh, this is beyond anything I've ever played before. Like, I really like it. I genuinely like it. Like, I don't necessarily agree with the assessment that the part that you play, it's not that great. I think it's great. But I don't think it's perfect 10 great. Nowhere near it. Whereas, like, a lot of people on the 1UP crowd was just like, like, I actually, they said this almost word for word. On one up yours, I think it was uh, it was Ryan. I forgot his last name. He's he's the one who's O'Donnell. Ryan O'Donnell, not McDonald, because McDonald's is the GameSpot one. O'Donnell is the video one on one up. Yeah, he was just like it was either him or or Fister who was like, yeah. And I saw that I saw someone gave Bioshock an, like a nine, and I'm just like, how could you not give it a perfect ten? And he said it was because of the way that it played, and then it was a little bit too easy. And it was like that stuff doesn't matter, you know? It's 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 a ten. Like the way that, and, and I'm sitting there listening to it, going like, "No, it it does matter. Like this is what makes this medium unique is how you interact with it. And just because it tells a fantastic story in a way that's never been done before, if the reviewer doesn't feel that it plays up to the level of the story, then it can't be perfect. Like I think it all has to strike a perfect balance and kind of gel. And if one thing is kind of out of whack, even though the other thing is so great, you know, there's nothing wrong with a nine, man." It's a point. It's like it's like when people criticize Sean Elliott's review of Crisis as an 8.0, and they said, why so low? And it's like, an 8's actually a pretty good score, and that's actually where I would put Crisis. I don't know. Did you play Crisis? Did you go through it? No. Uh, you should go through it. Say yes. Say that you'll go through it. Promise me before I die. Um, I'll probably play it at some point <laughs> if I can pick it up super cheap on Steam. Uh, what I'm sure was... I've I've missed opportunities to pick it up super cheap on Steam, no, but that's because I don't know because I've never seen it pop up on sale. And that's something that I've I'm sure it was Let's on see. sale during the holiday sale. I'm, I think it was. I uh, think the problem is that like when it's on sale, like if it was during the holiday sale, there were so many other games I was buying that like that's one of those games that I'll be like I can look over it for now. I don't right. really need this game. Um, so yeah, like I don't know. I'm sure I'll play it at some point in my life and be like, oh, so this is all what all the hubbub was about. Uh, but I don't know. I'm looking it up now. On the Steam Stow, an Assassin's Creed Brotherhood... Hey, what's the weekend deal? <laughs> uh, well, okay, so Crisis is $30 still. Crisis Warhead, which is arguably better, uh, arguably, is $20. And the weekend deal is free weekend. Play full ga- play lead and gold for free until Sunday. I heard that's a good game. Or it's 75% off if you want to own it. I probably won't buy it, and I probably won't play it. But that's good to know. <laughs> Lead and gold. I'm going to click in it because I don't know what it is. 
Is that the one that's subtitled Gangs of the Wild West or something like that? Uh, it doesn't have a subtitle now that I've clicked on it. Let's see. Um, or am I thinking of something else? Yes, it is. Lead and Gold, Gangs of the Wild okay, West. Okay, so yeah, that's like a... It's a. It's just a you know team based shooter. Oh, so it's it's thing. it's a Wild West Counter Strike kind of thing. Kind of yeah, or Team Fortress or something like that. Um, but I did hear it was good. Um, should we really quickly while I'm trying to convince Al to get on the podcast because he's being unresponsive because I think he's trying to get on this PC. Um, uh, is there anything else we should talk about from PAX just so we don't have to talk about it ever again? <laughs> just uh, just you know, uh, kind of what we did outside of the uh, of the event actually. Uh. Not 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 all of it's outside, but like you know, not directly related to the games or the panels that we saw. Um, yeah, I mean, we went to the Giant Bomb panel, but you can see that on GiantBomb.com. Right, um, right, and you can hear Pete petition for Genterprise as opposed to Genterprise because you don't you don't say Gentleman. You can see me run up to the fucking mic. Oh, you they they caught you on camera being like being like a total nerd rush. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, let's see. So we met up with uh, James Connor, uh, nicknamed Dende, on um, I believe it's. Dende on Twitter, I could be wrong, but um, old friend from GameSpot, friend of Slunks's, um, he helped Slunks run the Guitar Hero tournament that I uh, flamed out it in the middle of it, um, and he runs his own website, uh, Video Game Journalism, it's called WW, it's called Games James, HTT, why am I reading the HTTP? Uh, <laughs> www.gamesjames.com, that's G as in Gina, A as in ass, M, I have nothing perverted for that, M as in Mary, E S. James, gamesjames.com. Um, he has a little PAX clip show on there. He has some interviews. Like, bona fide media badge going going to appointments and talking to people about games. Not like me, where I'm just like, yeah, I'll post a review in a month. Like, no, bona fide journalist, you know, made it. That's pretty cool. I'm making the, uh, doing it for himself. And so go 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 to gamesjames.com, comment on his articles, and, and you know, take a read. It's pretty good. Um, we also met up with that game podcast's own Alex. Um, he actually went super hardcore and drove up um, from Philly. From Philly, how long was it? Five hours? No, for him it's probably. I'm guessing it had to be about seven hours because it's five hours to my hometown of PA, and Philly's about two hours away from that. Right. So it had to be at least six to seven hours for him to drive up to Pax East, and then I think I think he arrived that morning. Stayed for PAX on Saturday and then drove back Saturday night. Right. That or Friday night. Friday Wait, night. A... No, not yeah. Friday. He drove up Friday morning and drove back Friday night. Yeah. Like that is bananas. So you know, I couldn't spend ten hours on the road like that and not want to kill myself. So you know, props for that. Uh, you can hear him and Gary on that game podcast, which is at www.thatgamepodcast.com, which is not. You forgot the HTTP. Oh no! HTTP colon. Slash, slash, or is it back? I don't fucking know. It's fo- those are it's forward, forward slash. Yeah, forward slash, forward slash. Um, do not mistake that with that video game podcast, which is also a podcast out there. Um, we don't listen to that one. Don't listen to them. His is just that I game hear podcast. they give you cancer. Really? Shit, then that's what that little growth in my forehead is. No. Um, so, yeah, so those two, we met up those dudes. Um, we actually sat online with Alex from that game podcast, again, the Giant Bombcast. Uh, Dende was up with us. Uh, actually, both of them came up with me. I don't know if you were if you actually came up on stage, but they came up with me to play Rock Band. Um, oh, yeah, I, was, I was there for that one, but I didn't get on stage. Right. Okay. Um, and then there was the whole Gamers Gone Wild party, which we tried to make it to, but because everyone was late coming out of everything, like we were late coming out of the Giant Bombcast panel, and Mo was trying to get his shit together because like work pulled him in to do some last-minute stuff. Um, 
And so we got there at, like, I don't know, 11.45, and, like, the bouncers outside were, like, staring down a line of maybe about 30 people and saying, this club is at capacity, it is closed, go home, good night. And people were like, but wait, I d- good night. And so people had to leave. And then, like, while we were walking to another bar, like, there there were a whole bunch of people, like, who looked like they were there for Gamers Gone Wild, and, like, we're heading to the place, and we're like, it's closed, not letting people in, and they just kept going. So we're like, all right, go find out the hard way. Um... But um, that was a little bit disappointing. But then we got to preview what the next night was going to be like with the Giant Bomb folks coming to... What was it called again? J- J- the bar was J.J. Foley's. J.J. Foley's, that's what it was. Um, and we were just sitting there having a drink, playing a nice drinking game with Pete's Dice. <laughs> Wanted to explain the, the game in 60 seconds or less. Uh, so I had a couple of dice in my pocket, and I was like, hey, let's roll the dice, and that's how many seconds you have to drink for. And we went through, like... Three or four beers really quickly that way. Yeah, and Pete, uh, Pete got nicely done Toasted. up. Toasted. <laughs> nicely done up. Um, and actually, I had to stop playing the game, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, randomly later later in the night, uh, Vinny Caravella and Brad Shoemaker kind of sauntered in. I think Snide was there, too. Yeah, a few of them came in a to few check them, out not the all place. Them, yeah, the, yeah. Drew was there, and like... We met one of the folks who was actually at the Bombcast panel who asked one of the questions. You're talking about Rudy, the guy who was dressed like Chuck Green. Oh, is, he, is that what his getup was? I believe that. I mean, that I think is a Chuck Green jacket. Right. Um, and uh, so Vinny comes through. He's like Steve-O from Wild Boys, except like he's even he seems even crazier. All right. But he goes he runs up to Vinny Caravella as soon as he walks into the bar and starts kind of assaulting him like No 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 you're Vinny Caravella no 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 you're not buying your own drink. I'm buying your drink, I'm buying your drink, you're not buying your own drink, I'm buying your drink and then I think you had to pull him back. Yeah. And this was when you were super drunk and you still had the presence of mind to pull someone back, so I applaud you for that, sir. Um but yeah, that was pretty funny. I was like, I'm going to run away before Vinny gets really mad and is like, stop pestering me, all of you. Get away from me. I don't care if you know him or not. You're near him, so get away from me. So I was just like, please stop. Um, but yeah, so that was pretty funny to witness. Um, and then the next night, we actually went to J.J. Foley's for the Giant Bomb thing, and I think you and I got there at, like, what, 8.30? Yeah, um, we got no, no, we got there probably, maybe, it was about 8 or so. We got we there at 8, oh, eight right, no, no, we got there at 8, we, we, we had a nice meal, and it was, it was, like, almost dead in the front, and, like, slowly but surely, it started filling up with backpacks and, and like, nerd smell, and there were these giant, like, satchels that were being given away by, like, MMO companies that looked like the most ridiculous thing that I could ever imagine you carrying around with you, especially if you're as short as I am. Um, and the bar was filling up with that. And I'm like, I, I don't know if it was you who said it or it was me who said it, but it was, I, I think we both thought. I said, who point. the fuck brings a backpack to yes, a bar? That's what you said. You're a like, backpack. Who, and like, I was just like wondering how bad it was going to be when I had to go to the bathroom and I had to get through a mishmash of backpacks. Um, filled it really quickly before the people got there. And then I think the first one to walk in was snide again. No one really noticed him. Um, but then like, it, it just became this maelstrom of like drunk, nerds trying to buy the Giant Bomb crew drinks and, you know, them making the rounds. And Alex Navarro stopped by our table and and we were were chatting with him a little bit. Um, And we were waiting for some of our friends to stop by, but one of them got extremely trashed before he got into the cab to come (laughs) to the bar. And so his girlfriend was like, you need to get something. Like, this is all through text messages. But his girlfriend was like, you need to get something to eat before we even go anywhere. And it got so his behavior got so like unruly and drunken and like about to pass out ish at the restaurant that she was like, I'm taking you home. And I'm sure so, he doesn't listen to this podcast, but Miguel, you're awesome. 
Oh, he is awesome, and he, he was. Uh, I I keep on telling myself that one day I'm going to ask him to be on it. But um, anyway, yeah, Miguel from Rock Gamer Studios. They are the guys who they are one of the guys who make uh, Rock Band uh, network tracks. So if you're ever looking for Rock Band network tracks and and you want to get them made for you, go to Rock Gamer Studios. I think it's a .net. It could be .com. I think it's a .net. Um, his Twitter is at s m e e g u e l Smeagol. Get it on Twitter. So if you ever need a song that gets coded, just tweet him. Hopefully he's not drunk. Um, but the John, no, the John Bomb thing was, was highly enjoyable despite like all the super nerds there, like blocking the bar. Um, cause it's better to have super nerds blocking the bar than super douchebag assholes, um, who are, you know, belligerent. So, yeah. Um, and these guys were here to, you know, just like bother the giant bomb guys instead of a bunch of douchebags trying to pick up women. So, right. That's true. Uh, <laughs> do you remember at the rock band improv where, uh, at improv Boston where Jeff Gersman showed up? Like like unannounced, and he was like hitting on like half the female performers up there. He was like, "You're you're too pretty to not get a 10. And so he gave them a ten. He's like, "I only give tens to single ladies." <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I do kind of remember that. Yeah, right. Um. <laughs> but um, yeah. So and like, I I think uh, I think we we kind of unofficially and subconsciously, not subconsciously, because I actually said it. We're like, "How long does it take before Ryan Davis becomes extremely sweaty?" And you're like, "Just <laughs> just look the just look for the first time that he runs his hand over his face." Yeah. Um, and I offered Navarro a tequila shot, and he declined, um, which confirmed to me that even though he called me a bitch ass for never coming out to Boston Improv, uh, I win the bitch ass. I, I win the not bitch ass contest because I took a tequila and he didn't. So Alex saw me with the Jaeger bomb. He's like, "That looks like trouble." I was like, "No, it'll be fine." No, no, that yeah, maybe for Alex, maybe for you it's trouble, <laughs> but for me and Pete, it's not. Then again, um, I, I have no idea how much he drank beforehand. So yeah. Uh, so, like, real quick, just my experience at the Giant Bomb meetup, because I wanted to uh, mention a few things. Uh, got to talk to some people that I really wanted to talk to, obviously. Talk to Vin. Like, I tried to not be, like, you know, schmoozy asshole to people. Like, maybe a little bit for Jeff Green when I get to him. But anyway, so talk to Vinny about, <laughs> you know, the uh, the Improv Boston thing, because they were there to judge the one before PAX. And so me and him were just talking about the regular rock band nights, and that was interesting. Then I, you know, uh, it said hi to Ryan and Jeff and... Uh, but more, I was more into talking to like, obviously, you know, like you said, Alex sat at our table, we talked to him for a little bit and, uh, like I talked to other people that I know from the area, like, um, Hannah from the improv Boston thing. All right. She was there. My buddy, uh, came in, uh, who was like some of you, I don't know if you've seen it cause apparently it's, it blew up a little bit. The, uh, the, the meme of the guy in the star Trek uniform, uh, yeah. dancing to connect. Uh, that's a friend of mine who also goes to improv Boston rock band nights and stuff. And, uh, so he was there and he's awesome. Um, even Ryan Davis said, you know, that, hey, we had this guy come out to our, our meetup. We must be doing something right. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, so uh, Jeff Green showed up. I got to talk to him, which was really awesome because I, I really wanted to talk to him about writing, not like video game writing, but writing writing because he did NaNoWriMo like, yeah. a couple years ago. The and, Cudgel of Xanthor. Yeah, he totally inspired me to do it. So, like, you know, I wanted to talk to him about what happened with his book and, like, you know, we had a good conversation and he gave me his card and told me to email him about how my writing's going and things like that. Um and uh, I, uh, Anthony Gallegos and a lot of other one-up people showed up. Uh, Karen, I believe Karen Chu was there. I saw Tina um, and maybe a few others. But, uh, but basically, I just went up to Anthony and told him, you know, like I, I enjoyed Rebel FM and to tell Arthur to stop complaining about using the word compelling and then proceeding to use it, <laughs> uh, which Anthony agrees he does way too much. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was just nice to see these people like in an environment like and like 
you know, know that they're like just like kind of normal people and stuff like that. And I, like I said, I tried my best not to like slobber all over them. Uh, we kinda, <laughs> you know, we, mm. we kind of kept to ourselves at our table and had our own fun night. And then, uh, you know, we met some other people. Like, uh, I don't know if she'll actually listen, but shout out. There's to Marissa. Marissa and Scott. Yeah. Um, we have so, we have know, some we have some pretty competitive words with friends games going on. I, yeah. <laughs> I I would have mentioned that Pete and I have them going on, but it's not competitive because Pete is is thoroughly trouncing me. Which is look, I'll give everyone a, I fucking will tell everyone a world a, a fucking Scrabble tip right now. Don't leave people open in opens for triple words and like triple letters are kind of hard to avoid. But like you oh. people I play against leave me open for triple words all the time. Trust me, Pete, I don't do it unless <laughs> I have to because I'm the one who always cock blocks everyone on triple word score. Trust me. And when I have no recourse. I, I have no recourse. That's why you see me putting all these... It's stu- better to pass the turn and let me pot- potentially open it up for you. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I never I never really like passing. So I, I, I yeah, have, me either. I have to, that's, that's the thing is I have to get into the mindset of, like, it's not a pussy move to pass, but, like, I, I, I just... I want to make an effort to put something down, you know? Because I, the other thing is that, like, I used to get trounced by the whole, like, End game. You have letters on your t- on your thing, and the other person just put in his last letter, and you get minus seven points, and that was enough to make you lose. You know, so I, I I've gotten that before. So I'm deathly afraid of keeping shit up there. Um, <laughs> I, I got officially less than five minutes at this point. So is there uh, anything else we should talk about for packs? Uh, well, Al um says Bwah! to you putting GTA three on there with the reasoning that there is no three D open world gaming without GTA three. Does he have a, any uh, anything else to say besides blah? Pete asks if you have anything else to say in response to Tell his... him he can make his move next turn. He can have a whole week uh, next turn, next time. He can have a whole week. Oh, to no, think about I think he... I, yeah, he, he plans on doing that. We await your move next You week. know what we should do? We should fucking, like, ask our friends to... After Al makes his move, we should, like, ask people we know to make moves on our list. Yeah. Do our own little... That is an awesome fodder. idea. Uh, we will have to schedule it, though, because... They have to make, like, you have to make, like, one after the other. No, I know. Well, you just go to like, you'll be like, Mo, make a move on this list. And then I'll, then I'll then I'll be like, all right, Pete, Mo did this. You you go find someone else. But that's what yeah. I mean. We can't just, like, email it to all of our friends. Like, it right. Ha- and that's part of the game for anyone who's wondering. The, the, it has to be done kind of in sequence so that people change people's changes, if that makes any sense. I realize we um, totally didn't talk about the harmonics Q and A, but I just wanted to mention real quick that that was an awesome, awesome panel as well because you had the uh, a lot of the community ma- ma- management people and stuff talking, just you know, shitting on like the kind of ridiculousness that they have to deal with in terms of like uh, tech support emails and uh, you know just right. people in community bitching for more Muse and stuff I like that. I want Muse. So I don't remember if we mentioned that last week or not, but that was a that was a great panel as well. And I think that's pretty much all that we actually did at PAX. So. Quote quote from the panel about uh, reading one of the letters to them was, "Get your shit together, or I will come over there and piss in your mouth." Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love your game, but your song selection is shit. Get your shit together, or I'll piss in your mouth. Great. Also, thanks. Also, that, thanks for uh, your support. You know, thank you. <laughs> also, that apparently the killers are metal. Yeah. Oh my god. Ugh. Anyway, so um, I am going to pimp our stuff. I'm going to finally pre-record this thing and pimp it right here. Go! You can find each one of us at drygames.net on the internet. Al, where can we find you? Where do you live? I live in various places, I guess. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash dredmage. Twitter.com slash dredmage. Um, there's xlm2k.blogspot.com. 
which I love dates sometime. And what about your band? Oh yeah, I have a band, and uh, he has a band. That site is uh, rockafuertemusica.com. R O C A. F U E R T E Musica with Nay at the end. Mm-hmm. Dot com. Mm-hmm. 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 So, and you can find their album Vuelo Letal, which means Lethal Flight. I learned that because Al knows Spanish. Very on the Amazon.com barely. Amazon.com MP3 downloads list. Make sure to, that make sure that you choose MP3 downloads. There's or other you won't places find it. too. iTunes, uh, Spotify, Zune. Uh, supposed to be Rhapsody, but who knows. Uh, anywhere where your digital media is served, you should find us. Excellent. Pete, where do you live? Twitter.com slash Riven. That's R-Y-V-V-N. R-Y-V-V-N. And if you like don't you... alcoholics talking about video games and movies, you should follow me on Twitter. Follow <laughs> him on Twitter at ryvvn.com slash twitter.net. That's yes. the only place I live. No, no other That's the only place to live. No other place is important? Okay. And you can find me, obviously, at... Mr. Chupon on Twitter. It's at Mr. Chupon with an O, not a zero. Uh, you can also obviously visit us at trygames.net at trygames.net, which we rarely update, but one day I will. Uh, you can also visit me at www.sharkversusoctopus.com, uh, which is nonsense and has nothing to do with video games, but it could. Uh, and that's all the places that I live. Email, 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 email. Email us at mailbag at trygames.net, M-A-I-L-B-A-G at trygames.net. Or you could spell it the wrong way, M-A-L-E. And you can also visit Friends of the Site. You can visit our friend Maurice at EveryoneLovesDinosaurs.com. The other Austin out in the world because there are only two of us and we're both awesome at AustinDLight.com. Light is spelled the, pro- the appropriate way, like a light bulb. And you can visit Brian Fishman, friend of the site, doctor, and he will save your fucking life as long as you go to his blog, which is called DrFishyPants.com. Also friends of the site, we've got James Dendy Connor at www.gamesjames.com. That's www.gamesjames.com. Not just one game, but multiple games. And there's also our friend Alex and Gary from That Game Podcast, which is conveniently www.thatgamepodcast.com. You and that really? was your pimpage list. Um, so Twitter.com slash Riven? What? Yes. <laughs> Twitter.com slash Riven. Um, so yeah, uh, that was PAX East. And we will be. I will actually not be here next week. I'm going to go down to Atlanta to celebrate my best friend's son's second birthday. <laughs> that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you all right there, buddy? I might yeah. I might be able to do it uh, if um, if we can all wake up early and I can keep my yeah, voice down oh, and God. not wake the baby up. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll figure Waking it out. up early. Oh, uh, or maybe maybe you, can, Al, can have an or- you and Al can have your little orgy time and, and put out yeah. an episode. Yeah. But um, all right. So we will see you next week. But for now, that is all from us. For Pete, it's not Friday, Friday, but we still so excited. That's not even how the lyrics go, but punch, I don't care. Punch, For Al, yeah, I'm on the internet. I've been your host, Austin, and we out. You can find everyone at Trigums. Trigums. <laughs> Take two. You can find every one of us over here at TryGames.net on the internet. Al, where do you live? <laughs> that sounds what? ridiculous. What, on the internet? Saying TryGames.net on the internet. Sure, why not? That's the whole point of it. God damn it, I can do it again. <laughs>